As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now premiering on the Studio DNA Network, Sif Pop Writer's Room, a new show consisting of the writers of SifPop.com. On a rotating basis, we'll be discussing some classic movies we're watching for the first time, some comic book movies, some nostalgic movies, and what TV shows we're currently watching. But each week, we'll also be taking a look at the movies that are coming out soon and give our thoughts on how we think they will turn out. If you love movies, Sif Pop Writer's Room is the place to be. So come on in and we will pull up a chair for you. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that can vaporize you with just the sound of our voices, but we choose not to. It's Sif Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! Praise soul. <laughs> nice. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he'd be grateful if I sent him some Nutella. It's Andrew Ormsby! Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Good to see you, buddy! Good to see you, too. How Actually got you? to see you in person the other day, which was fun. Weird, weird times. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we did get a chance to, to see each other in person. Um, I, You know, it's one of the, I think, uh, this is this, this hopeful me that it's like, we're right around the corner, right? Like, you know, yeah. people are talking about But you also feel scenes. like you don't want to rush it. Correct, right? Yeah. Definitely. So... Yeah, um, it is It is good to be back with you as well on this beautiful audio and video podcast. And if you want to join the video aspect of what goes on here, uh, we try to go live at 1.30 p.m. Central Time on Sundays. That is always the goal. Um, and so if you want to catch us live, that's probably the best time to do that. Uh, we've got a fun show today. A couple reviews as usual. A best ever challenge as usual. And of uh, course, our buried treasure uh, too. Um, I did get a chance to see a preview of the trial of the Chicago 7. Netflix was kind enough uh, to give me a screener uh, for that on my Netflix. And uh, we gave some of, I gave some of my thoughts on that in the members-only pre-show. Um, kind of just a little preview. No spoilers, anything like that. We will, of course, review it in full uh, in three weeks uh, once it's out on Netflix. But, um, but yeah, we talked a little bit about that there, and uh, thank you to our amazing Sif Pop members who make this possible, and just kind of a little, a little thank you for that, being able for you guys to, uh, to listen to that and have kind of that weekly um, little bit of extra content. So if you're interested in being a member of Sif Pop, just go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Uh, you ready to get into the show, Andrew? Oh, let's make it happen, Captain. All right. Um, now, I should mention... Both for the audio and in the the video peeps, uh, we've had technical difficulties last week. That, by the way, producer Phil just like he's sh- he shone through all he's that stuff. Pro. Like he made it work. He made the video part of it work. Made the audio part of it work. I listened back to a lot of the audio stuff, and I'm like, you couldn't even tell. You know, like I had that yeah. little intro on it, and it's just like, nope. 
Phil's got it under control. But I will say this: I'm producing the show today, so uh, so thank you <laughs> for your patience, uh, both with audio and video, uh, as we continue to do this. Um, we continue to figure out what it means uh, to self-produce uh, a show like this. So, uh, but Phil will be back. He just, you know, he, you know, family time, something, wanted a week. I don't know, whatever the case may be. Um, left us here. <laughs> we'll still thank him at the nah. end because we can't do it without you, Phil. We no, cannot seriously. do it without you. Uh, all right, let's kick it off by talking a little bit about Alive. A rapidly spreading infection leaves one man trying to survive in his apartment. Uh, the movie is called Hashtag Alive, technically, uh, with the symbol on it. Uh, very, I think, marketing savvy way to title uh, your movie. Uh, so you make sure people get the hashtag in there, but also a key part of the film. Uh, so I think that's a very, very smart title that they went with. It is South Korean, so it is subtitled. Uh, so if you are offended by subtitles, get over it. Uh, it is uh, <laughs> something we're well, going to continue to have that, to do. Well, that's something I want to talk about. Sure, go for it. Initially, whenever I uh, started playing the movie, uh, Netflix auto set to the English dubbed version. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, so they speak English. But it took me a little bit to realize, oh, no, the... The voices are not matching with the with the lips, so I had to go in and fix my audio to switch it to subtitles. So wait, so there's Korean. a there's an English dubbed on Netflix? Oh yeah, there's like English, French. Uh, there was a yeah. whole bunch in the list. Yeah, man. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess some people do prefer dubbed. I am not one of them. Uh, I no, try not to be judgmental neither. about it, but but it's hard because you know subs is better. But yeah, well, I think with. I've said this a thousand times, but with anime, you can get away with a dubbed version because, you know, you're not really focusing on how the lips move and stuff. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to live action, I think that it really stands out and it kind of distracts you, you know? How was the English voice performance? Well, uh, for the five minutes I watched it, it uh, it seemed okay. Okay. But it was just uh, it was just one of those things where, like, I couldn't relate the voice to the mouth mm -hmm. so it it was distracting so i'm like nope i gotta go back to subtitles the true way to watch a, a foreign film that's right that's right you yeah. said it andrew we don't judge yeah. people for not doing it but you're bad for not doing it yeah. um all right uh andrew what did you think did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay uh i i liked it i get yeah i liked it you sound like you're still figuring it out well it to, i'm gonna throw out one of my cons sure, right away go for it yeah it's a zombie movie. Yes. You know? Yes. If you've seen a zombie movie, it's a zombie movie. Yes. But but I liked it, you know? So take that with a grain of salt, I guess. If you are if you don't like zombie movies, you're not going to like this one because it's a zombie movie. It, it, I, yes. I mean, we could almost end the review right there. It's a zombie yeah. movie. That's. I mean, it's a, it's a four-word review or technically, uh, you know, five words, but one of them contracted. Uh, but it is a zombie movie, and that is a yeah. full review. Um, no, I agree with you completely. I am probably on the low side of liked it uh, for that yeah. specific reason. Um, there's just there's not a lot new going on here um, that I haven't seen. Now, I will say as we go into the positives, which are many, because believe me, if this movie didn't have good things about it, it would have been boring because, again, we've seen so many zombie movies and TV shows and, you know, all that stuff recently. Um, this movie has some really good things going for it. I think the performances yeah. are great. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, um, there aren't a ton of performances. <laughs> it's it's really a, a two, maybe three person uh, movie uh, when you really think about it. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, uh, Park Shin-hai, and, and if I pronounce these incorrectly, please forgive me, uh, you yeah. in uh, are really great in this. I really enjoyed the performances. Uh, I think he especially communicates very well kind of a goofball, you know, uh, uh, you know, halted adolescence kind of, you know, still you know, playing online video games instead of going to work, you know, kind of person and having mm -hmm. to deal with 
you know, this this tragedy, this trauma that's going on around him with the zombie. You know, there's kind of a little bit of Shaun of the Dead there, right? Like, not it's not the same sense of humor, really, but it's kind of the same idea of how a, how a doofball might handle a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Um, but this is much more seriously toned uh, than, than Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah. it. This is uh, the second half of Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. When the movie decides, no, we're done with the jokes, we're just going to make it pretty depressing dark movie now right 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 um there is one thing that i think this movie does that i find is unique to the whole zombie genre Mm -hmm. at least for me that i've seen and that is the effect of isolation and the realization of what uh human uh like attachment and like you know uh communication with another human how vital that is Mm -hmm. uh i i don't think i've seen that really in, in any other zombie movie where uh, because it's always, you know, like a group of people who get stuck together, you know, and uh, the group turns on itself. Whereas this one is, a guy is stuck by himself in loneliness and solitude mm-hmm. take a toll on him. And uh, how vital and important he realizes human connection is. Which yeah. I found interesting and I liked a lot. I do too, and if the movie, if you're going to say the movie does anything fresh, I think I think that's it. I mean, there's echoes yeah. of. Do you remember Warm Bodies, like the Zomcom rom, the Zom romcom? <laughs> oh, where uh, love turned you back from yeah, the Romeo yeah, and Juliet zombie movie. Yeah, yeah. It's actually it's not bad. It, it's actually a better movie than it has any right to be, in my opinion. Um, but uh, but there are shades of that here too, where it's like you know, it, it is about. How the zombie apocalypse makes you feel lonely. And here's the thing with all zombie movies, right? They're all about the feeling of the world is changing around you and you can't relate. And I think that's a very relevant feeling. Like it's this idea of there's there's an underlying metaphor with most zombie movies of what is wrong with all these people? And we all know that feeling. And especially now, I'm sure you very much felt it. It's like, what is wrong with these people? And it feels like there's some sort of weird brain-eating zombie apocalypse going on even though they're not literally chewing into people's necks uh you know people are doing things and you just go you know what is this disease that has captured us uh so you know that that seemed relevant especially considering the alone aspect of it right and just the idea of how do you how do you find uh human companionship amongst crazy division and all the stuff that's going on in our world right now um so yeah, I think if if the movie does anything that's now and fresh, that's probably it. Um, in that way, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, and I think the second half of this movie. Uh, are are we doing spoilers on this, or are we only doing Race by Wolves? Um, I think we'll probably just do. Well, it's interesting you ask. I'm not sure what we'll do for a SIF spoil, but you know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we're not going to spoil anything on the show. So just tread lightly, and then we'll decide. Yeah. You know. If if we need to do anything spoiler wise, um, when an, when another character is introduced, I think that's when the movie really picks up for me. Yes, I agree. I agree. I I was uh, getting bored of the repetition mm-hmm. of the first half. Don't get me wrong; he is a good actor, and like you said, he does a very good job of you know, conveying emotion through his, you know, eyes and stuff. It's a little theatrical here and there, but, you know, I don't know if that's just a cultural thing, but once the uh, second half of this movie picks up, I'm like, okay, now I I understand and I am digging this movie way more than I was. I think I'm right there with you. I think it, it fell into place there, and um, there's there's something about the second half of the movie that feels more meaningful, feels more authentic um yeah that i that i enjoyed as well uh very much um i think to get back to kind of what we're talking about and why we're both kind of even low side of liked it uh the issue with this movie is when it does get to the actual mechanics of its plot and kind of what it's doing um it just doesn't there just isn't a lot interesting there it just it doesn't i don't know i just i feel like i've seen people with eye makeup and zombie makeup so many times before and they're always doing this thing you know and so it's not like watching world war z where you know all of a sudden the zombies are are you know a different type of disease or you know what i mean i i just felt like 
I've just I've seen the zombie part of this so much that mm-hmm. it just those parts where it's about the action and the tension did not work for me and it's kind of boring to me because I've you know I've just I've seen it too many times so you know that's kind of why it drops down so much even though there's kind of those you know the the performances are fine and the the themes and the messages are there um but yeah just the in between times just like you know been there zombied that you know kind of thing <laughs> yeah so. totally uh negatives sure uh i'm going to say that there is a mechanic introduced to the zombies in this one uh, uh an enhancement i guess you could say that i found ridiculous hmm hmm interesting I'll just say that it uh has to do with their ability to focus on things <laughs> i don't i feel like i've seen that a million times before i don't know maybe maybe we're, we're talking about different things but you know, here's here's how I understand zombies. Like the most basic version of a zombie is uh, the very smallest of motor function works in their brain. Other than that, they are driven by some sort of strange instinctual desire to feed on living humans. Like that's their, yeah. you know, that, and then you know the idea that they ha- they retain basic you know motor skills from their life. You know. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know that this added anything different than that. Uh, I'll just say that they their hearing and uh-huh. their ability to hone in on the source of sound. Yeah, from, that's a typical zombie thing, isn't it? That's all I over The Walking was, Dead. I thought it was this one was a little ridiculous. Oh, so you think it was exaggerated? See, I, I'm telling you, I didn't even pick up on that because I thought it was the same as I saw in every episode of Walking Dead. Oh, somebody made a loud noise. Here come the zombies, and it's like. I, get, I thought that was a zombie thing that they, you know, go towards noise. But well, you just yeah, think they go it's towards elevated. Noise, but they could be. It's not a spoiler to say this takes place in like in a, a big apartment complex. Right. Yeah. And the high rise kind um, of, uh, you know, in the city. Yeah. But their ability, if they're like in the courtyard, if somebody makes a noise on the fourth floor in the room 407, they know exactly where, how to get there. And like they know where that source of sound exactly came from that room, you know? I don't I know. Like, ah. Is it any more ridiculous than a gunshot on Herschel's farm brings a horde of zombies from three miles away? Like, I'm not going to hear sit here and defend Walking Dead <laughs> and say that it's not a ridiculous show. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It, it feels the same amount of ridiculous as all the other zombie uh, stuff to I, me. Okay, but, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just ridiculous. It, it is. I and I think And I think what can happen sometimes with movies that have different you know, uh, in different environment, all of a sudden you're going, man, it, it brings home how ridiculous that is. And I, and I agree with you. There are moments in this where those kind of zombie reactions, you're just like, you know, come on, that's, that's not a zombie. That's a living person with, you know, some sort of, uh, microphone gun or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a shotgun mic <laughs> trying to pick that stuff up. Uh, yeah. Um, man, it's, it, that's the thing. It's it's even hard to really tell you whether or not I recommend this. Um, and I think Andrew hit it right on the head. It's a zombie movie. It's and a zombie movie. If, if you really enjoy zombie movies, I think you're really going to like it. Like, if you're a zombie movie fan, I think you're going to have a great time with this. But the yeah. things about zombie movies that I end up liking uh, are not the things uh, that this movie is uh, doing well. So, you know. It's, it's not trained to Busan or anything like that. Right, yeah. Where I think it elevates the zombie genre. This is pretty much run of the mill zombie movie with good acting. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I totally yes. agree. Um, if you don't like zombie movies, I don't know why you would watch it. So, uh, so like I said, forward review. It's, it's a, zombie a zombie movie. Uh, all right. Ready to move on to Raised by Wolves? Yeah. Gather round, children. I was programmed to protect you. And now we start again. Does anyone know the story of the three little pigs? Two androids are tasked with raising human children on a mysterious virgin planet as the human colony threatens to be torn apart by religious differences. The androids learn that controlling the beliefs of humans is a treacherous and difficult 
task. Uh, this comes to us from the mind of Ridley Scott. Uh, I should say from the production mind of Ridley Scott. This actually uh, was written and created by uh, somebody else whose name is not in front of me right now, but I should look it up. But uh, Ridley bringing it to us and directing, I believe, the first episode at least. Uh, it is on HBO. New episodes come out on Thursdays. There are nine episodes out right now. Andrew has seen seven of them. I have seen four of them. We are not going to spoil anything, um, so uh, you don't have to worry about that. But we are excited to talk a little bit about this. This is, uh, you know, Ridley Scott is um, definitely someone that I am impressed by. And I love the way he creates action. I love the way he creates worlds. Um, and this is this is pretty impressive stuff. Uh, Andrew, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Uh, first off, it's uh, from the mind of Aaron Guzikowski. Thank you. Who uh, was the writer of one of my favorite movies of all time, Prisoners. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad you looked so, that up. I appreciate yeah. that. My thoughts on Raised by Wolves. Man, I love this show. <laughs> so you're firmly in the loved it camp. Firmly in the loved yeah. it camp. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am slightly in the loved it camp. I think you, you uh, like this more than I do. Um, but, Probably. But there is something to be said for just competent world building. And if, if you can just build a world that is wholly unique, but also feels so relevant to our own somehow, somehow this strange foreign planet, you know, androids raising, you know, these kids and religious, it just, it feels right, even though it's so strange and alien and foreign. Um, man, the world building here is is really what sucked me in. Would you say the same for you? Oh, yeah. Um, that's not my, my primary love for this uh, series. I think my primary love is all the metaphorical things uh, theological uh aspects of this movie how mm -hmm. you know being raised by an android you know raised by wolves um and how purposefully being raised raising a colony of atheists because mm -hmm. the belief that religion is the downfall of mankind that's not something that's um new i mean that thought is you know permeated minds before oh sure that yeah. religion is the cause of war and mm -hmm. all that stuff um, but this show uh, 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 challenges that with the m m mindset of is that the uh, the the fault is religion the fault or is that just the uh, the curse of humanity is that we're self destructive and that right. whether there's religion or not we'll find reasons to you know compete and uh, you know fight each other. Exactly. And it doesn't matter if you're raised by androids or raised by humans that are atheists or raised by religious. Um, but the show, uh, I don't know, you said you're only four episodes in. Mm -hmm. The show gets really, I guess, interesting. Uh, well, I'm, I'm right already finding it interesting. So uh, I mean, like, like there's some twists that come up with uh, the whole theological this i'll just call it the soul aspect of the show mm -hmm. sol uh, yeah sol yeah oh yeah that that is very <laughs> distinctive it should be uh but not not uh without its own you know hints and nods at what religion is to praise a soul and mm -hmm. what a soul yep. is yep they just you know turned it on its head and made soul a sun god um but it's one of those shows you really want to tiptoe around, but you also want to make sure you fully give your uh, just deserve or give it its just deserve for mm -hmm. how good it is and how fresh and unique it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess something I could talk about performances all around. I think that the two that really or the three that stand out for me are our three mains, uh, tra which is Travis Fimmel, Amanda Collin, and Abubakar uh, Salim. Uh, I think that out of all of those, Amanda Collin is the one that yeah. is just like totally agree. on a different level. But I think that those three um, are the most fascinating. Mm -hmm. uh, Amanda Collin, I'll just say this. I don't think I've ever been more terrified of an android until, uh, except in this. I think that the Necromancer 
is one of the most horrifying, uh, you know, envisions of an android that you could come up with. Mm -hmm. The power level is insane. It is. And what's amazing is you talk about being terrified by Mother, uh, the Amanda Collin character. um, Yeah. Uh, without the exclamation point, because we're, we're, that's a different movie. Mother! <laughs> you talk about being terrified by mother. What's fascinating is, and so amazingly interesting to me, is you also are so empathetic to her. The, the show does such a great job setting her up in that first episode or two and the way she loves her children. And, you know, it's it's kind of that stereotypical mama bear kind of idea like you don't mess with mama bear um you know kind of thing but if mama bear was a god (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah so you're 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 are you are simultaneously terrified by that character and also somehow understand that character and that is a really tricky thing to pull off and it's a testament to both the writing and the performance uh of amanda collin uh in this role that i think it comes off as well as it does yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm totally on the same page with you. Uh, plus I am just, even just in, in four episodes, uh, this show is doing such brilliant storytelling to where you understand who the characters are, where they're coming from. And yet you're also learning so much every episode. That's also a tough balance, uh, to find when you're world building, you know, giving the audience a lot of new information is dangerous because it can get lost, it can get confusing. But this show somehow manages to teach you about this world in in really big ways, but also not confuse you. And I think that's a really impressive impressive feat. So that's another one of the things I've really enjoyed. Yeah, it's a patient show. It doesn't feel it like it has patient, to. Yeah. It doesn't have to show you every single aspect of this world or the characters. It, it, it's okay with living within itself for a while and taking its time. Having said that, though, that first episode could have just been a movie. It was a because movie. It was, yeah, it was long enough to be a movie, but I mean, like, <laughs> it could have been from beginning to end everything in it, and I would have so walked away being felt, feeling terrified, but also uh, feeling like I was given a full story, and everything after it is just dessert. Mm-hmm. And I love des- I love dessert. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, technically, technically, this show is pristine. It's so well rendered, and mm-hmm. it's and and that's I say that now as you're talking about it being a movie because it it is done with the care of a film. It feels like it could be on the big screen, and yeah. the effects would hold up, and you know, it looks like a big a big budget sci fi film, and that's. It's really impressive. It's really impressive. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those. It, it's there's a Ridley Scott movie on HBO, and it's masquerading as a TV show's first episode. <laughs> yeah, <know>? so, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, though, I would say that Abubakar Salim father is my favorite character in the show. I can uh, see I, that. I like Mother, and I like Marcus, who's Travis Fimmel. But there's something. I guess pure about father to where uh, he's just a character who you find easy to love. There's a there's an innocence to him, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Yeah, that um, is very yin yanged to mother. Uh, but you see how each of them, in their own way, encompasses the best and the worst of humanity within these androids, you know, you have mother who is protective and, uh, caring, mm-hmm. uh, to a fault, but you have father who is also caring and loving, but he is, I guess you could say so pure and innocent to where he is almost ineffective at protecting. He's too, I don't want to say laxed, but, mm-hmm. I guess he just doesn't encompass what you would initially think of when you sure. would think of a, as a protector. So, yeah, they have all these faults. So, together, they are what humanity is. But at the same time, aren't they supposed to be teaching humans how to not be like what they were? Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah. It, it's an it, the the show is full of uh, metaphors and questions that you get to ask yourself. It's ah, uh, I'm loving it so much. I really am. Well, HBO I'm exci- knows HBO knows what to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we should also mention this is HBO uh, Max exclusive. This isn't airing that on I HBO. Did not know. Um, yeah, that- I, I believe I. You know what I. Maybe should look that up. I, I believe this is a Max exclusive um, uh, or Max original or whatever they're calling it. But I don't think it's airing on HBO. I think they're just releasing them on HBO Max. So uh, that's definitely a key piece of information if you're looking for this show. Um, oh, yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So. So, yeah. So definitely yeah. worth uh, worth knowing if you if you need to know where to find it or are interested in it. I would say as far as a recommendation goes. You can't go wrong watching that first episode. Like I just go watch the first episode, and if the world building intrigues you enough to watch the second episode, just keep watching the show. That's how TV goes. But um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend giving it a shot for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm really. Uh, you can definitely feel the Ridley Scott in it, but it also has its own voice thanks to Aaron. Yeah, thanks to me. Yeah, um, thanks to you. <laughs> I'm really glad that you're, uh, you know, three episodes further than me and still having such a great time. And in fact, are speaking as if maybe in the next few episodes, it really starts to to get interesting and sing. I love that. I love the idea that it continues to do stuff, uh, not just kind of drag itself along. So yeah, I'm enjoying this new world of television that is more along the idea of a series than a seasonal idea, where it's where it's this thing where it's almost the British mo- model of TV. It's like just you know, tell the story you want to tell and then be done with it. And yeah. um, we start... You I don't think have we, to worry about syndication. Yeah, that like kind that. of stuff. And, you know, we, we start to see the inklings of creators wanting to do that with Lost, you know. Uh, Lost was kind of the first to bridge that gap into the internet, you know, world and and the fandom, you know, instant reactions and that kind of stuff. And then also where the creators are like, we want it. We got to finish this story. We have a story to tell. We want to quit dragging it out. And so it's nice to see that that's kind of becoming the norm uh, for TVs. Now, having said that, they may drag out Raised by Wolves for thirty seasons. I don't know. I'm just saying that it's. It feels like they have a story to tell, and they're telling it at the at the right pace, not a stretched out pace. And I really like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, definite yeah. recommendation. Uh, as as you say that now, and you bring up that uh, the show Lost, I find that to be an apt. Uh, description of how you feel about i guess what you would be your next three episodes where they answer one question and give you two more right yeah yeah you're you're going to be getting a lot of that and that's always been an an element of a show that i've always appreciated as long as you're you don't get too encumbered by questions to where you're like i i just don't know what's going on anymore and i think that's what happened to lost I mm-hmm. think they got too wrapped up in making sure they had enough questions to where they had too many. And yeah. then you just like, okay, I forgot what even the questions I was supposed to care about were right. now. No, but, I think uh, you're right. I think they were forced to stretch things out in a way that made them think, well, we got to we gotta find some other loose ends to create then. And then by yeah. the end, people weren't satisfied with how they tried to tie up all the loose ends. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. I think that is is part of the issue. And again, it all stems from not having an exact idea of how you're going to tell the story and what you need to do. So, and I, and honestly, I think that's been proven out, uh, by, uh, Lindelof's later projects when he did have the ability to tell a full story in the time he wanted to tell it. Um, yeah. I think, you know, those are, those are really fun stuff, uh, are really interesting things going on there. So, yeah. yep. Definite recommend for me. Uh, since oh, yeah. Andrew said he, uh, loved it even more than me. I'm sure that's a recommend from him as well. Take a little time before we head into our best ever challenge just to say thank you again to our Patreon members of Sif Pop. Uh, you keep this thing going. If you love the show and you want to support it and you're interested and curious as to what kind of perks there are, like I mentioned, the uh, the weekly bonus audio content, you have your own podcast feed with that stuff in it. Uh, you can check all that out at Patreon, patreon.com slash Pop. Uh, and thank you so much for even going over there to check it out. It means a lot to us that you would consider that. So patreon.com slash siftpop. All right, let's move into the best ever challenge. We're going to take a look at the best ever movies with special characters in the title. This is a strange one. Now, I, I should say Andrew and I emailed back and forth a little bit. And I couldn't remember what we decided. Uh, did you end up including any colons or commas? Uh, I have one that has a comma in it, but there's also another 
okay. uh, special okay. character in it. Yeah, but we Colons, decided no Col and numbers. Uh, right, I did not put numbers. Right, numbers it. aren't aren't uh, special characters. We know that from passwords because you have to have a letter, a number, and a special character. So obviously, numbers aren't special characters. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, technically colons are and commas are, but we're, those are there's so many movies with colons and commas. So basically, we're doing best ever movies with special characters in the title. Other than colons and commas. Uh, so that includes punctuation. That includes all sorts of fun stuff. Um, yeah. I believe, Andrew, you said you were trying to do all different special characters in your top five. Yeah. Yeah, I think I tried to do that as well. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. Very nice. And as always, if you are watching live, let us know your choices in the comments. We would love to see those and see possibly what we missed. Uh, I will go first. I, I was about to say, I always start here. I want you to go first. <laughs> Well, since you want me to, I'm going to make you go first. No, I'm just kidding. I will go first. Uh, kick it off with my number five, uh, Lilo and Stitch. Got a nice little ampersand there in Lilo and Stitch. Oh, okay. Very nice. I got an um, ampersand coming up. This, Yeah, this is my ampersand movie. And I, I don't... I'm not like a huge Lilo and Stitch like disciple. Like, guys, this movie is amazing. But this is a really fun movie, and I think it kind of gets lost sometimes talking about Disney animation because of so many movies that are like incredibly great next level kind of movies that just a really good movie like this uh, kind of flies under the radar. But uh, I dig Lilo and Stitch, and I dig uh, I kind of dig it as a little bit of a different tone for Disney too. There's a there's a little bit of rambunctiousness there that you don't often see in their movies. There's a little bit of uh, uh, you know, troublemaker uh, that this movie leans into that I think gives it uh, a fun energy. So, yeah, I really dig Lilo and Stitch. It's a fun movie, yeah, for sure. Uh, my number five, I'm going to go with Airplane! <laughs> That's right, it's got an exclamation point. Yeah, I almost went with Mother! But, no, I'm going to go with Airplane. Um, one of the most ridiculous and quotable movies. I think besides Holy Grail, this is the most quotable movie mm -hmm. ever. Oh, oh! Holy Grail and Princess Bride, then Airplane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the movie's great. I love Leslie Nielsen. It's it's incredibly ridiculous. Uh, it's I, I miss comedies that are like this where it's just so crazy and just out of left field that you're just, you're like, okay, I'm just going to sit down, and if it's funny, I'm going to laugh. That's all I need right now. You don't need to mm -hmm. give me... An amazing story or anything. It's a basic movie. Uh, they're on a plane. Plane's in trouble. A uh, crew member has to, or a passenger has to try and land it. Everything else is just insane. It's insane. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. So I'm yep. with you, man. Uh, it, it is the probably the epitome of a parody film. Um, would you know what? Yes. Would you go? I mean, I'm not trying to do a separate list within the list of best ever parody films, but I'm just saying it's either this or Naked Gun, right? Like that, that kind of rises to both Leslie Nielsen movies. Yeah, they rise to the top of your brain, at least mine. When I think of you know, kind of what is the the epitome of a of a parody movie? Yeah. Um, the, uh, so. the actually the only the third one that I would think of that I would put I wouldn't put the scary movies in there. Um, but I would say Wrongfully Accused, which is also a Leslie Nielsen movie. Actually, any <laughs> Leslie Nielsen movie is the perfect parody film, I think. I think that's the yeah, rule. Yeah, post-Airplane, post at least, uh, for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, before, and, and, yeah, before Airplane, he was a really dramatic, serious actor. Very serious actor. actor. Very serious yeah. <laughs> actor. Uh, and I hear you. I hear you shouting at your mobile device or computer or however you're listening to this. I know there are many other parody movies that, that are primo examples Spaceballs, Blazing Saddles, you know, like, Men in Tights. Yeah, Men in Tights. We we get it. I'm just saying, in my mind, I do think Airplane kind of uh, kind of rises above the others. Yeah. So we're not saying that those movies aren't great. We're saying that these movies jump to the front of our mind. Yeah, like, it, like the picture in the dictionary next to parody movie is yeah. a post. You know, the Airplane poster. It's Airplane. You know? Yeah. Uh, all right, my number four is 500 Days of Summer. Uh, got the parentheses uh, in there because, you know, 500 has to be in parentheses, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I really dig this movie. I think it's one of kind of the first rom-coms to really deal with the idea of um, modern romance and kind of the idea of does it all have to be flowers and rainbows at the end uh yeah. so i yeah i really dig uh 500 days of summer 
No, I'm right there with you. Uh, Zoe Deschanel is adorable. Um, and so is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's adorable, too. But I like the aspect of this movie where, like you said, it doesn't have to be sunshine and rainbows because sometimes things just may or may not work out and uh, your feelings about a person at the end of a relationship may not be the same as the uh, the 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 epitome of perfection that you had in your mind at what the possibilities could be at the beginning, you know? Like, right. oh, this could be perfect. And then 500 days later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, number four for me, this is my ampersand movie. I'm going to go with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's a great choice. It's a great choice. It was yep. definitely in my honorable mentions. Yep, Gene Wilder, gotta love that guy. It's just such a happy movie, besides the tunnel of terror, as I call it. It's, it creeps me out to this day. But everything else in this movie, it just makes you feel good and happy, you know. Besides... Grandpa Joe, which I, which after watching again, I, I get it now, people who have been saying this forever, that he is the worst character ever, not like from an acting standpoint, but just like a totally awful person. I get it now, people. You're right. Grandpa Joe is terrible. <laughs> yeah, this is a great one. If you have the time, uh, watch the couch and sit on this movie. Strike that. Reverse it. Uh, we're going to move on to the next one. Uh, I have at my number three, uh, what about Bob, uh, with the question mark, uh, in oh, it. Yeah. So, uh, this is a great movie. This is, listen, I've talked about this movie a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of times, and I will continue to tell you, this is a movie that is phenomenal. Richard Dreyfuss and Bill Murray, apparently, my understanding, hated each other on the set. <laughs> well, that just makes it that much better. Right? I It's just so perfect for what's going on in this. Uh, yeah. And they're both so great in this. They are both so good in this movie. And it's just, it's it's almost crazy that this movie exists when you think of the plot. Uh, but it, it does, and I'm so glad. So many it's, classic scenes. Yeah, it's once really you actually like, break down the plot, it's uh, creepy. It's very dark. It is a very dark movie when you really think about it. Yeah. But it's funny. It is funny. Yeah. And even and even <laughs> there are just, get away from my daughter. You know, there may there may be even problematic ways with the way it handles mental health, which 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 we're much more sensitive about now. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of things in this movie that, you know, so many years later, uh, you kind of look back on, but man, you you are gonna laugh. That much is for sure. Yeah. So, my number three? Yep. All right, moving on from here to my number one. These top three are going to be movies in my top 100 movies of all time. Oh, nice. Uh, number three, Lucky Number Slevin. Yeah. With the, pound, with the pound sign. Back in my day, we called it a pound sign. We didn't call it a hashtag. <laughs> Back in my day, we called it an octothorpe. An octothorpe. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So even, yeah, back in your day, you were... <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, no, I love this movie so, so much. Uh, Lucy Liu's character in this, uh, I want to marry her because I think that she's perfect. Um, I think that this is uh, Josh uh, Hartnett's... No, yeah, it's his best movie. I was going to have to... I questioned Black Hawk Down, but uh, I think Lucky Number 11 is this his, his best movie. Um, the twists and turns that this movie takes... It's an all-star cast, too. We gotta say that. Mm -hmm. uh, Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, Sir Ben Kingsley, Lucy Liu, Josh Hartnett, Stanley Tucci. Uh, that's an insane cast, and this yeah. movie is so good. Sometimes when you get a movie that has a cast like that, the movie is solely relying on, you know, just having those big names, and it doesn't feel it needs, uh, you know, a decent plot or anything, but I think that if anything, I think that the uh, plot is just made better because of those people understanding what's how good of a story it is. I love this movie so much. Yeah, no, you you are on record many times uh, for your love for this movie, enough so that uh, I probably need to revisit it because it has been a long time since I've seen it. I don't remember being as blown away as it, uh, by it as you. It could have um, just been the right movie at the right sure, time for me, where I'm like, "Oh, yeah. this is so good." Yeah, yeah. All right, on so to our uh, top two. two. Yep. My number two is Wally. Trump. 
and you're going to trump it. Uh, all right, fine. We'll talk about it here in a second. What's your number two? I'm going to go with Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, where's what's the, oh it's yeah the question mark question mark yeah that's your question mark movie I went with what about Bob uh for yeah. mine yeah mm-hmm. yep um I love this movie I love this movie so <laughs> I was surprised to find out that this is either a movie you absolutely adore or people just hate this movie people hate like, this people, movie people passionately hate Who hates this, movie? this movie I want I their address know. I want their they're, phone they're, number they're insane. They hate they hate oh brother where art thou more than they hate cows and coppers. Um, <laughs> oh George, not the livestock. Uh, this is George Clooney's best performance. Just yeah. that's it. I, you don't you don't get to argue it. it it's a fact. <laughs> um, yeah, Objective it's the Odyssey. Truth. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Odyssey. You know by sure Homer. Uh, I love the element of putting it during the Great Depression, uh, making. Odysseus, a uh, instead of a great king, he's a uh, he's a criminal. You know, mm-hmm. uh, those three guys: uh, John Turturro, George Clooney, and uh, oh, help me out here. Oh no, I, it's his name was on, it's on the tip of my. Don't tongue. worry, man. I, listen, I can't do it. My brain shuts down, and, and as soon as there's pressure to remember something, my brain's like, nope. Are you kidding me? I'm throwing that that name away. I think it's yeah. Tim something. Or... Tim Tim Blake Nelson. Yes, yeah. Tim Blake Thanks. Nelson. That's right. Hey, yeah. I got the Tim. You did. You actually. I hadn't even got to looking it up. As soon as you said Tim, I'm like, up oh, Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as soon as <laughs> those three guys, they're just perfect. They're perfect together. Yeah. The comedy. The. Uh, it's. I love it. So yeah, that's my. Uh, that's my number two. And you know what my number one is. So what's your number one? My number one is my exclamation point movie. Um, oh. My number one is Moulin Rouge. Um, oh man. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't movie. for if it wasn't for airplane, Moulin Rouge would have been. You mean airplane? Of, yeah, airplane. <laughs> no, I I adore Moulin. No, I take it back. I'm sorry. If it wasn't for airplane, Three Amigos would have been my exclamation. You know, it's interesting. I almost included Three Amigos just because of the uh, upside down. Yeah, technically it's Spanish punctuation and not yeah. English punctuation. But uh, I thought but, yeah. about it too. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would have been cheating. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, Moulin Rouge, love it. It's my favorite musical. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, it is not my favorite musical. <laughs> my favorite movie of all time is a musical, uh, yeah. but it is uh, one of my favorite musicals and a musical I believe that brings musicals into the modern era in an interesting way um, because it is. It's basically. What's the the interesting thing is I mentioned my number one movie, which is Singing in the Rain. You think of oh those beautiful songs that were written for Singing in the Rain, they weren't written for Singing in the Rain. Though that is the songbook of a popular songwriter uh, who people knew around that time, who had been around for a while, and they took those songs and fashioned them into a story. So that's what's going on here in Moulin Rouge too. They're taking oh, yeah. existing songs. And they're fashioning them into a story. I love that. And I believe this movie does it in such a uh, an interesting way and kind of takes that idea to to the modern era. Because I think I think most people think of musicals as being written as a musical, as a story. You write a yeah. story and then you write the songs to go along with that story. And don't get me wrong, a lot of great musicals are that. In fact, probably most great musicals are that. But it, it can also be covers, and I think Moulin Rouge proved that that is a, a viable way to do uh, musicals as well. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a, a huge fan of, of what they do here. The performances, um, most people who've, who have listened to my stuff for any length of time know how much of a Nicole Kidman fan I am. I think she's spectacular here. Ewan McGregor is amazing here. Um, yeah, I, I, I love everything about this. So, it's oh, fun. yeah. The... Uh this movie's interpretation of the police's Roxanne is one of my favorite songs of any musical ever. Yeah. Their version is so good. All right, let's talk about your number one, Andrew. You know, a lot of people would assume that, that, uh, that the, the symbol be your number one. (laughs) Well, no, 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 no. I was going to say, uh, that there, there isn't a special character in Wally, that it's just a space, but there actually is. There's a bullet there. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah. One of my favorite Pixar movies. Actually, it's probably my second favorite Pixar movie. Uh, yeah, behind Finding Nemo. Nice. This movie makes me cry every single time I watch it. At the end, 
when you think that he's gone and he's just a, a bot again and he doesn't have a soul or a heart. Because that's what Wally is. He is a soul. I You could say that if you want to look at Raised by Wolves and what they hope that an android would turn out to be like. I know Ro- Wally's not really a rope or an android. He's yeah. a straight up robot. But he has more soul in him than uh, either father or mother. You know, he's just pure love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add that I haven't said before. Uh, this is yeah. a a beautifully crafted uh, piece of mostly pantomime uh, and really takes from so many of the old silent films and, yeah. you know, physical comedy and, you know, miming. And there's just, there's so much done here without dialogue that is so impressive. And I just, I, I really want to see the script for this movie where it's just a <laughs> bunch of like, Wally, 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 Eva, 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 Wally, Eva, Wally, Eva, Eva, right. Eva, Wally, Eva. <laughs> yes. Well, there you did. You just you just repeated the script uh, yeah. verbatim. Uh, yeah, this is this is a classic. It's one of the best. I love it very, very much. What about honorable uh, mentions, Andrew? Did you have anything uh, in the HMs this week? I uh, had a couple. Just uh, just one or two. I, I mentioned several of them. Uh, number one was Mother uh, was going to be in my honorable mention. <laughs> Might as well. I do think I do think it is. It, it spoke to me in a way that the movie didn't intend. The movie is very theological in the sense that Javier Bardem is God and Jennifer Lawrence's Mother Nature and the destruction that's caused by humankind. Mm-hmm. Um, this spoke to me on a level of what it means to have live with anxiety and a panic and panic yeah. attacks. Um, that's how the movie really affected me. It wasn't even until, honestly, uh, during our initial review of it that you brought up the, uh, the God, uh, Mother Nature, uh, aspect of it. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, it's so obvious now, but the movie was speaking to me so distinctly about how it uh, affected me personally that I didn't even focus on anything else. I'm like, the movie's... It's it's talking to me right now, and That's honestly, a- I I truly believe that Jennifer Lawrence is giving a top five actor performance of all time. Yeah, it's it's a great performance. It's a great movie. Um, I yeah, I I echo everything you said. What what's beautiful about a movie like that is how it is it is it really is the best example of what I call like a metaphor canvas, which is basically a movie that is a metaphor that is so beautifully drawn that you can almost insert your own metaphor on top of it. Now that may be annoying and confusing to some people, but um but it gives you this beautiful canvas. Now I think he's doing intentional metaphorical things. Uh you mentioned the theological aspect of it. Um I'll just break this down real quick in case people are hearing this for the first time, but I think there are three distinct metaphors that he is purposefully laying on the screen. One is the uh biblical creator God um, mother being like uh, his creation, his people. Some would say Mother Mary, you know those kind of things. The baby Jesus, you know. There's there's the Noah aspect. There's the flood. Like there's very there's a very biblical metaphor going on here. Yes. Um, the 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 second is uh, an artistic metaphor that's going on here about what it means to create things. Where Har- uh, where Bardem is. Uh, a creator, a content creator, even if you want to say it that way, and uh, she represents the creation, whatever that piece of content is, and how people tear it apart, and you have to just you know strike the whole thing and let it go to you know give it to the people and then start something new and do a new piece of content. Um, so there's there's that kind of whole beautiful thing going on, and then there's the mother nature, you know. Um, you know, environmental metaphor that's here as well. And it's just, it's such brilliant weaving of those three metaphors that I just, it is not a movie that makes sense on its own story sense, but when you see it as a a metaphorical canvas, it just is so, it just keeps giving and giving and giving. And yeah, I I really, really think Mother is a brilliant, brilliant movie. So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it. I think there was... I think there were too many people that took... I don't want to say that they're wrong. I I should preface by saying that. Um, I think there were too many people that took it at face value and just said, this is a dumb movie. It's, it's, you know... And if you try and look at it at face value and not look at it in a metaphorical sense, I can see how some people would be like, I have no idea what's going on. This is is ridiculous. Because 
my parents are like that. They're, they're, sure. They don't look at movies in metaphorical aspects. They're like, if the movie just wants, if the movie is trying to tell me something, it needs to say it. It doesn't need to hide it between layers and layers. Um, sure. And yeah, there are people that are like that. So I yeah. love this movie, but I can definitely see this is, it's a movie that you have to know who you're recommending to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What else yeah. uh, did you have in the cat in the honorable mentions? Uh, I would throw out, well, we mentioned Three Amigos, which is mm-hmm. one of the funniest movies ever. Yep. Uh, a movie we didn't mention that I like. It's not like I love this movie. Uh, I like, it's fine. I Heart Huckabees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it has a little heart symbol. Heart sim- it's, mm-hmm. an, it's an emoji in the title. Yeah. It was the first time. Not even the emoji movie had an emoji in the title. <laughs> That's right. Um, And I, I didn't know, because I knew we weren't doing numbers. Right, but it's. I thought about seven, but then seven. It's technically it's like a special characteristic of, but it's a number at the same time. So I didn't put it in the actual list, but just in case it would count, then yeah, I was gonna throw that out there. (laughs) But uh, yeah, what you uh, what do you got? Uh, The movie Pi is technically the symbol for Pi. uh, Is technically the title of that movie. Um, Speaking of Aronofsky, yeah, he likes to make weird movies, man. Uh, My big fat Greek wedding uses the epsilon oh, yeah, for, the... for the ease. Um, so that, I, you know, I thought I'd throw that out there. Romeo plus Juliet uh, has the plus sign in there. Oh, yeah, the DiCaprio one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then uh, MASH has the, uh, the uh, asterisks uh, between the letters. Oh, they are asterisks. I thought they were bullets. But no, no you're I right, think, they're asterisks. I think they're asterisks, yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned I Heart Huckabees. Uh, then I have several exclamation point movies just to mention. Mars Attacks, uh, I really like. You uh, mentioned Three Amigos. Uh, that Thing You Do has an exclamation point. Great movie. Definitely worth check- checking out. The Informant uh, is another great one. Uh, and speaking of Which great... What's that? Pi- uh, that's the Matt Damon one. Uh, the Informant. Oh, where he's an idiot trying to like... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, like yeah, He's, he's like trying to be an informant to the FBI or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you got it. But he, where, but where he's, he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, where he's... Um, uh, in, uh, in, what's, what's the word? He's uh, implementing himself. Yeah, something. going undercover. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then speaking of amazing parodies, Top Secret has an exclamation point as well. That's a, a fun little parody movie if you've never seen it uh, that I would throw Is out Is that the Val Kilmer so. one? Yes. Yeah. Where yep. they do that scene backwards to make it sound like they're talking Swedish. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. You that's got still it. one of my. That's still one of my favorite scenes of any movie ever. Watching you got it. books just fly back up on the shelf. Uh, as far as the la- the live chat, the only one I really see is uh, Jay Bourgeois says fifty uh, fifty would probably be on their oh, list. Oh, with the slash. Yeah, with a slash in it. And I think that's a good call. That's a good movie. And that is a very th- good movie. That is definitely a special character that uh, that we did not mention. So thank you for that. Uh, all right, let's move on to the buried treasure for this week, Andrew. Um, let's do it. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? I am going to give a shout out to my good friend Trevor M. Brown again, if you remember uh, about a month or so ago, he did a short story that was uh, in a compilation book that came out. Uh, now, he has released his first novel. Uh, the novel is called The Gloam. G-L-O-A-M. Uh, something that he does in his stories that is one of my favorite aspects of storytelling is world building. Making not only, you know, the specific area that you're in seem real, but the entire world. Creating Mm -hmm. maps so that you know where they are, not only, like, where they are specifically, but in the world, you know, like, you could point out on a map, oh, that's where they are. It's what made Game of Thrones so great is because, like, if you had the the map of uh, the eastern, or not the eastern, what's the Game of Thrones world called? Westeros? Westeros, You have a map of Westeros... So you know exactly where they are. And that's kind of what he's doing here. And it's what I love about it. Plus, great characters. A great female protagonist named Avery who kicks butt. You just you immediately fall in love with her. Uh, it, it does get a little uh, creepy sci-fi-ish, which I'm also digging. Not really a, a, a Stephen King kind of creepy, but I, I see some elements in there that I could see maybe he... Uh, he drew inspiration from this or there or, or what, but it just comes out to be a great story. And I'm not just saying that's 
because he's been my friend since I was six years old. It's such a good, it's such a good story. And I highly recommend you can go and find it on Kindle. Again, it is The Gloam, G-L-O-A-M, by Trevor M. Brown. Very nice. Mine is Watchmen. Uh, and you may say, wait, didn't you already do that as a buried treasure? Wasn't that a long time ago? Uh, yeah, but I watched it again, and it is that good uh, that I need to bring it up oh, one more man. time. <laughs> I was really hoping that you actually read the comics, and that was going to be your buried no, treasure. No, <laughs> no. Uh, I found myself in a position to uh, watch this again, and uh, which I don't often revisit shows like this, but man, this is a rewarding rewatch. Uh, I don't you know if catch you... stuff on your second rewatch on, on this yeah. show. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. There's so I, much with the Dr. Manhattan and the... Uh, yes. What's what's his name? Uh, I almost called him Scar. Uh, help me out here. I'm not sure who you're thinking of, so I'm I'm not going to be much of a He plays Scar in Lion King. He's... Uh, and he's uh, Osmandius. Uh, Jeremy Irons? Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Jeremy Irons character. There's so much to go with right once you understand what's going on with him and you go back and rewatch it you're like oh he's so smart i foreshadowed this earlier talking about lindelof proving later on that he could tell a complete story when he knew what the (laughs) beginning middle end was yeah and uh and you just see it so fantastically uh it is also continued to gain in relevance with a lot of the racial issues a lot of the racial uh things that are going on in this story um I just I I am so impressed with this work of art. Uh, it is for sure one hundred percent in my top three TV shows of all time, um, and it may be approaching uh, number one. Um, so it it is whoa. It is yeah. It in there's recency bias there. I know it. It just came out last year, but I watched it a second time, and it is just so brilliantly crafted. It really is. I I made a, a kind of a smart aleck tweet recently about which is the better nine-hour movie, Watchmen or Lord of the Rings. Uh, and, uh, and <laughs> But there's there's some validity to that idea. This really is a nine-hour film. It's just it's beautifully broken up into these beautiful nine sections, and the sections themselves are works of art, and yet the whole thing of all nine of them is a work of art. Um, yeah, I, just, I think this is brilliant, brilliant story writing, uh, dialogue writing, uh directing i just this this is a, a perfect piece of this is a perfect season of television it's it's amazing I, th- I think that uh watchmen did a perfect job of balancing uh confusion like things that are supposed to confuse you with rewarding uh you know answers and uh because you going in if you know anything about watchmen you know dr manhattan is a very very unique character in his sense of time and his sense of knowledge and like where he fits into this world um i think that this show does a much much better job at that at answering questions before making you feel confused and just not even wanting to continue unlike uh lovecraft country i think that Mm -hmm. that show is just way too out there i think that watchmen does a much better job of making it sublim or subliminable i cannot talk subliminal <laughs> with its messages yeah at, at the same time because you still are intrigued by what's going on even if you don't understand it yep. initially initially yeah. if you don't understand yeah it. uh well deserving of all the emmys it just won uh it is it is spectacular uh filmmaking and that's did what Regina it is it's, King it's filmmaking i believe she did i believe it, it pretty much uh cleaned up in a lot of those categories so yeah. Um, but I, I don't have so. it in front of me, so I could be wrong. So I apologize if I am. Yeah. But yeah, if you haven't gotten around to it, uh, I'm just telling you, it is it is that good um, that it I is. would uh, the I, I really enjoyed the rewatch men experience. Uh, so I would <laughs> you did it. I did it. I made a pun and I finished the podcast. We did another podcast, Andrew. Woo! Well done. Well done. Thanks for joining us so much for uh, the podcast today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Huge thanks to producer Phil for abandoning us today. 
Thanks, Phil. <laughs> but every other week, saving our bacon. So oh, thank yeah. You, Phil. And actually, I should say, Phil is still producing the show audio-wise this week, uh, just not the yeah. video portion. So thank you, Phil, for that. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at 3 bucks a month. You get access to all the bonus episodes as well as some other fun perks right there in your own podcast feed. You can find out more information at patreon.com slash siftpop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to send us an email, feedback at siftpop.com. You can also leave a comment, uh, rate us, leave a review at Apple Podcasts. That's always very helpful. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than fighting zombies with a drone. Uh, we will see you next week with some other fun stuff and uh, maybe check out the podcast. I'm not sure if we're doing spoilers on this. Andrew and I will talk about it. Uh, but if so, they'll be in your podcast feed soon. We'll see you then. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.